Welcome to the Chash Palmetary Podcast. We got a great show today, but before I do that, I want to remind you I'm doing the United States tour. I'm starting on the East Coast and going to the Midwest. I'll be in Texas. I'll be in L.A. I'll be all over. If you want to find out where, you just go to chashpalmentary.net. You can see my one-man show, A Bronx Tale. It was a hit on Broadway. It was voted best show in Las Vegas Strip in 2009. And I'll be doing it at a city near you, chaspalmetary.net. You want to get my merchandise, the hoodie, with now you can't leave, the hoodies with uh, one of the great ones, some great merchandise, you go to chaspalmetary.net. Okay, we have a great guest. I'm going to introduce him in a second. First, I want to tell you a little bit about him. Bob Krakauer is recognized as one of the top acting teachers and coaches in the business. And I know that for a fact myself. Sought after by studios, networks, theater companies, and actors. He works out of home bases in New York and Los Angeles. While maintaining a busy schedule of coaching on a set, film, television, and around the country. Bob Krakauer, welcome to the Chaz Palmetary Show. I'm very glad to be here, Chaz. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Um, first, I want to say, how is things going in the pandemic? Are you, I mean, you got one of the hottest classes uh, in all of Manhattan, if not the hottest, and I know you teach a one-on-one, uh, but how, are you teaching on Zoom now or anything? Yeah, we, uh, you know, at, at first we weren't going to do anything because I felt, you know, teaching on Zoom is I know. like, yeah, yeah, I know, I know. So, so I kind of wasn't going to do it. And then what happened was, and this is, it's sad, but it's uh, uh, very inspiring. We, we did a couple of Zoom classes, and I just wasn't into it. And one of our guys, uh, his dad passed away from COVID. And he called me, and he said, you know, you don't have the luxury right now of liking this or not liking this, because mm. we, we all need a place to gather. Uh, and I was like, wow, he's right, and I'm an idiot. And so we, we put together something uh, – Usually we have 16 people in a class. Now we have 12. Uh, mm. we had, we're, we're not charging full price because we know all the actors are suffering. Um, and so it's, it's kind of worked out. It's, it's small, Good. but it's, it's working out. Good. It's a little easier to teach, uh, when you, to teach one person to do a monologue. You could teach them acting during a monologue than actually teaching a scene on Zoom, I noticed. Yeah. Well, one of the things, obviously, is that everybody now has to do these self-tapes. Uh, and on Zoom, right. that, yeah, um, kind of tricky. So we've been spending a lot of time helping people do what they need to do in order to get work. Wow. So, so Bob, um, I know you went to Tufts, Tufts University, right? Yes, I did. I know. And, uh, you started this uh, Nash, uh, National Theater Conservatory back then? Uh I was at the American Conservatory Theater, and then a man named Alan Fletcher was asked to start the National Theater Conservatory, and he brought me along as his acting teacher and right. associate director. Wow. I, I, you know, I, I talk to so many actors, and I, and I speak to them all, and they say, yeah, you, I, we know you know Bob Krakow. And I say, yeah. They say, well, I want to use him to coach me in a movie or a film or and I go, well, you couldn't find a better person. And uh, they just rave about you, Bob. So many people rave about you in their, uh, in their performances. And they give you full credit. And uh, what I'd like to ask you is, 
have when you when you look at an actor, Bob, especially the, the, a young actor, could you tell right away if the actor has it or he doesn't? Well, what's interesting, Chaz, is that you and I can look at the same actor, right? And I can think he has it, and you might think he doesn't, and vice versa. Right. That's so true. Right. So yes. But but what you learn very quickly is whether they're willing to put in the time and the effort to do what it takes to nurture whatever that talent is, uh, and that you you know I've been doing this for years, so you know yes. point, you can you can kind of see within an hour or two who's going to actually put nose to the grindstone and who isn't. Um, wow. But yeah, I, I think. Go ahead. Do I look do I look at people and think, oh, my God. The, the first time I saw Rooney Mara do a scene in class, I went home and I told my wife, I think I just saw the best actress I've ever seen. Now, that's my opinion. You might not like her, but, you know. Who is that? Who? Rooney Mara. Oh, yes. Right? She was in Carol and Girl Right, yeah, I know she is. She's terrific, yes. But I think I met her when she was, I can't remember now. She was at, N she was at NYU. Right. Gallatin school at the time she did one scene for me and I was like I, I don't this is amazing but right. she's a great example right because it took her a long time to figure out the skills of the thing right to where she felt you know confident I mean she was always great always I mean yeah. I had nothing to do with that literally nothing you know what's really I, I find really unique Bob is that um uh, when I'm teaching an actor, I, I, I teach a lot of, uh, you know, the ha how to audition and things like that, how to walk into a room and, and do the best audition. But it's to, to see an actor who you look at the first time you go, you know, okay, you know, it's all right. And then you see them work so hard or take your class again and again and again. And then all of a sudden, one day you go, oh, my God, they got it. Right. You know, and, and, that, and that's so rewarding to, to us, you know, to say they, they worked at it so hard and, and they got it. There was a guy, I don't know if you remember him, there's a guy, an actor, and he, he works all the time now, named Otto Asando, who is an amazing, terrific actor uh, right. and a great person. It just so happened that he took your class and my class, and I ran into him on the street, uh, I don't know, a year or two ago, and I asked him how he was doing, I hadn't seen him in a while. Right. And he said, what he said to me was he was very inspired by you because he was like, that guy's just a regular guy. He's just from some town like I am. And I just, I just watched him and I realized all the amount of scenes he must have done and the work that he put in and all the writing that he did. And he makes it look so easy. But I realized working with him, how long, it took and how much perseverance you had have to had and that inspired me to have perseverance and it and it and that's exactly what happened with him it took him a while but you know that was something that he right. got from you well well that's I, I i appreciate that that's very that's very sweet of you thank you it's it's a lot of actors don't realize uh, uh, Bob, that the work involved that I always said acting is the hardest, easiest thing you'll, you'll ever do. You know, I know that sounds crazy, but it looks so easy, but it's really very hard. It's really, it really <laughs> is. And it's very hard to make it look very easy. Yes. 
It's very hard to make it look very easy. That's exactly what I'm saying. You know, I remember uh, I was able to have some conversations with Billy Wilder, the famous director. And, and you know, Billy Wilder. And he said to me, uh, and it's a famous story. People know it. Uh, And he said that what Jack Lemmon was, when he was, when he was directing Jack Lemmon, he was overdoing it, overdoing it. And Jack Lemmon and Billy Wilder kept saying to him, Jack, less, less, less. Again, less, more. And every take was less, less. Then finally, Lemon said to him, he said, well, what do you want me to do, not act? And he went, yes, yes. <laughs> That's exactly what I wanted to do. And he told me that story himself, you know. So I, I, the thing that you're known for, really, is, is getting, especially these young actors, and getting them at a level. I remember speaking to some of them. I, I, I don't want to mention the name, but they're famous. And, and they said, no, no, Krakow, just, I mean, what do you do, Bob? I, what do you do on a set to get them? I, you, I mean, you get them relaxed and I, I don't know, you know, I guess it's just your technique and your way about you. Well, you do it. we're very, uh, we're very story driven, right? Right. So, for example, when I, when I work on a, on set, I, I'll, the first person I'll talk to is the director and say, right. tell, tell me what you need out of this scene so that we're all on the same page, ah. right? Uh, as I, you know, until you get to the place where your number is one, two, three, four on the call sheet, where you can start to make certain decisions perhaps for yourself or change certain things, a lot of the folks, especially the younger folks, are doing co-stars or guest stars or recurrings and they have to, they, you know, part of their worth is the ability to fit into the story, right? Right. Uh, and so we, we, we basically spend a lot of time uh, working with them, not as actors, but as filmmakers, right? We want them to know what every, like, I, we, I really want them to know what the gaffer does or the camera person does or the DP does or or to come on set and where to look and to find where the camera is, find marks. Um, but when I'm working with people, I, I try to get everybody involved to agree on the story. And then it's actually remarkably easy because everybody's pulling in the same direction. Right. You, you, run, into, you run into trouble, as I know you know, when, when everybody insists uh, egotistically on their own thing. Yeah. Uh, it becomes a bit of a... Yes, but especially in those, you know, again with those co-stars and guest stars and recurrings, which is where people start to build their careers uh, and resumes. You, you you want to, and I'm, you know, you directed, so you know, you have somebody who comes in, and you look at them and you go, oh, God, what a relief that person just gets it. Right. Chances that you'll call them back are greater than if they're absolutely terrific, but there's nothing you can do with them. So. Yes. So, so basically, basically, I'm sorry, basically what you're saying is being right for the part means a lot. It means a lot. Right. It means, you know, uh, some of our, I've been doing this long enough that some of our folks now have started directing. Some of the actors have started directing. Right. And, and I hear the same thing from them all the time because, of course, as actors, when they don't get parts, they're upset and they complain. And, but they start to direct like a couple of our folks are directing uh, right now on one hour shows and they say, right. you know, you see these auditions, they're all really good. 
<laughs> yes. All really good. It's just that, you know, it becomes like things like, well, we, we have three blonde people in the show. <laughs> we need somebody, we need a character that isn't that so we can follow the story. Right, right. And we don't have time to dye anybody's hair. So <laughs> suddenly you're going. You're right. 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 And, and you know what? And I hope the actors out there are listening to this and listening to, to one of the top people in the industry saying this, that so, sometimes, a lot of times, the best actor in the audition doesn't get the part. No, that's absolutely correct. You know, so, but you go home thinking, oh, my God, I didn't get a callback. I must have sucked. No, 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 right? no, 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 no. It's that's right. It's an amazing false equivalency. And it, it, it really like if you actually thought about it or watch the process unfold in front of you for a day, you would realize what a false equivalency it is. It, it's, yes. So all you can do. Uh, listen, I tell my folks the same thing. Do you like to act? Then do that. Enjoy that. Yes. Wherever you are, wherever anybody wants you to do it. And then you have to let the chips fall where they will. Right. Because, Chaz, you remind me of my brother. You're in. Chaz, you remind me of my brother. You're out. I don't like my brother. I mean, what are you going to do? <laughs> You're right. Do you know that I, I, I went to network for a pilot many years ago before Bronx Tale and everything. And it was the last two guys. And I was perfect. I mean, look, I, I sound like a real actor, but I was perfect for that. And I know I was better than that guy. He was good, but I know I was more perfect for it. And I didn't get it. And I forgot about it, as always. I went, I moved on to other, you know, kept auditioning. And then a year or two later, I ran into the producer at a nightclub. And I said, oh, hi. And then he said, yeah, you came in for my show. And I said, oh, great, oh, yeah. And... And he looked at me and he said, gee, I'm sorry. I said, no. I said, are you kidding? That's all right. He goes, you know why you didn't get that? I, I said, no. Why didn't I get it? He said, because the creator, I swear to God, the creator of the show, I won't say who it is, said that you reminded him of the man who stole his wife. His ex-wife. But, but that's what I'm saying. Yes. That that's as true a story as you're ever going to hear. Because that, yeah. that's what happens sometimes. And he said it. And so I, I tell people that don't worry. Um, <laughs> it, it, you know, just keep, it's a numbers game, right, Bob? Right. Just keep doing your thing. Just, just keep, keep doing your thing. I mean, what advice would you give to young actors out there? You know, I'm sure, Bob, they come over to you and they say, uh, you know, Mr. Krakow, what advice could you give a young actor? What, what do you think would, would usually the first thing you say? Uh, stop trying to be different because there isn't now, there never was, and there will never be anybody like you. You're it. You're authentic. You're original. There's nobody like you. So lean into that. Lean into what you have to offer as a person, as somebody with experience on the planet, and use that as the material for the, the roles that you want to play. Because when you try to be like everybody else, what happens is everybody just ends up look, looking like they're acting, right? right. So, so that's the first thing. The second thing is it doesn't happen overnight. And often when it does, it lasts about as long. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> sure. Like you're an overnight sensation. And then we haven't heard from you in years. You know, right. the times, especially in that, in that 18 to 22, 
it's very, very, very tricky, right? Because you can be in something and it can be a big deal, but then you're back on the pavement again. And unless you can have like short-term memory loss and let the thing go, right? On, but if you keep comparing it to what you just had, you you end up in a kind of an emotional hole. Yes. Yeah. I think that's excellent advice to the, especially the young actors out there. Sometimes, like Bob said, you get into a a movie or a show, and and the show is the star. You have to realize that, okay? And then that show is over, or that movie's over. And then that's it. you got to start over again. Now, of course, if the movie was a huge success, you'll have opportunities. But if some of those opportunities fail, sometimes you have to start over again. And I think what Bob is saying is that you have to have the mental fortitude to just keep on going. No matter, there is no point where you go, okay, I don't have to do anything anymore. I'm there. No, it doesn't work that way. No, it, doesn't it just work. doesn't work that way. Right. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right, Bob. I, I always tell people that, you know, uh, you know. Matt Damon tells a great story about winning the Academy Award for Goodwill Hunting. I think he was 27. And, they right. and, you know, they had a great night and went out and went home. And he had put the, the Oscar, like, in his, uh, for some reason, he put it in the bathroom. And then he went out and he fell asleep and he came back and he came in, he saw the Oscar. And he said, I was overcome by this gratitude of, I would have chased this my entire life. And here I am 10 hours later, and I already know it doesn't mean anything anymore. And so, oh. and so I was very grateful that what I realized is I had to get up in the morning and go to work again. Yes. And I think, to me, that's, that's the whole thing in a nutshell, is he, what he realizes you chase something that you basically never catch. And even if you do, it rarely has the effect you hope it will have more than 24 hours. Yes, you gotta go back absolutely to right. 24 hours. That, you, can, you, know, you feel high for like 24 hours, then it's like, what does it really mean? Okay. You know, a, a, a friend of mine said to me once, he goes, you know, in chess, at the end of the game, the king and the pawn go into the same box. You know, right. And, and Chad, so, I mean, I know you've been through this, right? Where you, you've been high, 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 and then yes. you, get home, you get home that night, and then in the morning, your wife's going, well, how come you left your laundry on the floor? Yeah. <laughs> but I want to equal right. I don't care. You're, you're absolutely right. But I always tell the young actors or young writers or any young artist, it's the process that matters. The yes. process, the working process, that is the joy. There is no utopia thing that you're going to hit and you're going to be happy for the rest of your life. It's not going to happen. Enjoy the process. And uh, Woody Allen had a great, um, uh, what, he, what he said to me once, he said that um, at the end of your life, because he writes a movie every year and, and writes and directs a movie. You know that. It's, it's insane. And he said, well, at the end of my life, I'll have maybe eight movies that are brilliant, maybe another 20 that are eh, pretty good, and then another 10 that are not that good, and five or 10 will really suck. Right. But that's all you do. You just, just keep putting it out there. Be right. prolific, put it out, and that's it. That's all you can do. Let it out, and then write another one. Yeah. And, and 
And if you enjoy that process, I mean, that's, you asked me earlier, like, what are the things we try to teach people? You know, we try to teach them that they're colleagues. They're not marionettes, but if they want to be a colleague, you have to understand what other folks are doing. And then you can participate in the process on set. Otherwise, you're just left being told what to do. Um, so it's to be part of the process. Is it frustrating sometimes? Sure. Is it aggravating? Yes. Is everyday work? No. But it's ultimately the engagement on a daily basis is really where the fun is. Right. Right. Uh, wow. I mean, I, I think your advice to so many actors out there, I mean, I, I think that's why so many people go to you because they just, I, I think as a teacher, sometimes you have to, do you teach every actor the same way or do you have no. to be almost, oh, you don't. Okay. So what we do is we set out, we, there's a, we have what's called the new student class, which only means you're new to me. Right. So, and we don't audition. Right. So you might be sitting next to a model who's never acted, a theater person who can't book a law and order. Or a, I mean, we don't have people who've never acted. I mean, we have, it's very egalitarian. We don't push. Wow. And so, and we basically teach, I mean, I start with the history of the camera and how it works and who invented it and who invented narrative. A woman, by the way, Alice Guy Blachet, French woman, invented narrative filmmaking. Uh, we go through the 24 frames per second. We go through storyboards. We go through all of that stuff so that you understand it. Then as we start to move forward, if you continue to take class with us, as I get to know people as individuals, then it becomes more individual because what you need and what I need are not the same thing. Or they're the same thing, but you and I aren't going to hear it in the same way. So you got you to figure out how to teach the thing to you and how to teach the thing to me. Right. Then as I get to know people very well, like, as you know, I have a, you know, I have a, a gang of folks that have been with me on and off for a really long time. It's all shorthand. Sure. Yeah. It's, you know, I can look at an actor and go, I can, you know, I can just twirl my finger and they know they need to go faster. I can point to my ear. They know they're not listening. It's, and we don't even speak. We just, <laughs> we just. Right. Cause you've been working with them for many years. Yeah. But you get to know what people's, right. you know, yes. the thing they do well, they tend to use as a crutch so they can stay away from the thing they don't do as well. And you start to figure that out as you get to know actors to make sure that they're not always going to the same well over and over and over again. Right. Do you, do you find, I, I find, and maybe I, I find that men have a trouble with vulnerability and women sometimes have a trouble with anger. I, think, I don't know why. I think generically that's true. I, I don't know why either. I mean, I think, you know, obviously it has something to do with the culture. I think that probably would go without saying, but that's above, right. that's above my pay grade. I'm not really, I <laughs> understand it. No, but I, I always, I found that it was like, and then sometimes I'll get a woman that could be really angry and, and she could be both, you know, and, and then to, to see a man be very vulnerable is, is really enjoyable to me to see that, to watch that. And I go, wow, you know, he knows, you know, I always call it going for the gold, you know, <laughs> to really go for it. You know, I, I directed theater and to be honest with you, I was not a good theater director in the beginning. And the reason why I wasn't is because I would be frustrated that they couldn't do it. You know, see, I, being an actor, 
It's like, wait a minute, I could do this. Why right. can't you do it? I, I didn't say that to the person, obviously. But I would say, no, no, it, it's like this. It, it's like you, 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 the intention is, watch, let me do it. I'll show you. And I would do it without using the lines, but making up my own lines like an improv. And then they couldn't do it. <laughs> and actually, actually, they got worse. You know, I, I, I made them worse. And, and I realized when some, a very smart director told me, Chaz, you cannot do that. Everybody has a different level of learning. And then once I learned that, then I became a good theater director. But in Look, the beginning, you know, it wasn't. You know, the other thing is, Chad, like I started in theater and then I moved over to film and TV. And every, every once in a blue moon, uh, the folks who knew me from way back when will ask me to direct a play. And I find I can't do it anymore because, because what happens <laughs> to me is, you know, on set, it's a very immediate experience. And yes. we're done. And we're done. That's we're done. it. <laughs> right? So you have to be prepared for today. And if you're not, it's a big problem. Right. The, the folks in theater are like, they've got three weeks or whatever it is, and they're in no real hurry. And I, I, I actually, the last time I directed a play, <laughs> I mean, the table read, and I suddenly thought to myself, oh, dear Lord, I'm going to have to watch and listen to this thing every day for three weeks. And I'm going <laughs> to And I'm going to have to wait. I have to wait, and I have to direct, and I know the same but if, if we were shooting this on set right now, I'd be done by the evening. Right. Wow. No, that's so true. Theater is, I mean, I love theater. It's so, it's so hard, but it's, it's, it's painful. And that's why you got to. I learned one thing about the theater. You must cast the best actors available for theater. You must. Well, yes, because in theater, they have to do it eight times a week for a year. Right. Right. Like Adele might be the greatest singer of her generation, but she's already had three vocal surgeries. So I don't think she's going to last your run. She's not going to make it, even wow. though she, right? You got to find the best act. You got to find somebody who can. I mean, you know this from the uh, from the Bronx Town stage. You got to find people that can do it night after night after right. night. And and so you do. You need the most highly skilled and the best actors, and the most skilled actors you can find, because otherwise the other folks aren't going to make it through the run. They're just not. That's so true. That's so true. You know, my daughter, uh, Gabriella, she studies at, uh, at the University of Michigan. Uh, she's in the oh. theater department there. Yeah, she got into Michigan. And, That's uh, very We're very excited by that. You know, they only took like 12 girls in the whole country. And, but I remember them talking. I remember when I went to their parents went. And that's what he was saying, the dean, that we teach them to be athletes. We teach them to do seven shows a week, eight shows a week. And right. I never forgot when he was saying that to me. And I said, yeah, I could see that, you know? Yeah. It, it yeah. was, a, it, it's like you said, act, uh, theater is, I, I call theater the aerobics of acting. You know, yeah. it's like re hard work, hard work. And uh, I don't think I can do it anymore. <laughs> I just don't think I can do it. Oh, yeah. Oh, I have a question for you that one of my producers here asked. He said, how do you deal with an actor with a toxic, with a, with an ego, like a toxic ego? Like, uh, usually by trying to draw out what they're insecure about. Right. Right. If you, a toxic ego, which often presents itself in trying to control other actors and, 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 or sabotage of all those things. <laughs> My experience is, <laughs> 
yeah, my experience is they're afraid of something. And so oh, I, yeah, I know you hit it right on the head, Bob. Right. And then once you draw that yeah, out, I mean, that's, that's the way to do it. Yeah. You can sort yeah. of get them to focus can on Can you repeat own. that one more, Bob, can you repeat that one more time? We were breaking up there for a second. Sure. Uh, you were asking about dealing with uh, actors with toxic egos. Um, right. In my experience, it, that's basically a cover for an insecurity. And it, the toxicity comes out either with trying to control other actors or sabotage a situation or uh, sabotage other people or making sure they're right. better than everybody else. The, uh, but in the end, it's because they're afraid of something. And so you, you try to draw out what they're afraid of, which tends to lower their temperature a great deal. And then you just try to get them to focus on building, the, building confidence where they need their confidence built. And they basically right. tend to leave everybody else alone. Wow. Yeah, I think that's, that's excellent. I, I, you're, much better, you're much better at that than I am. <laughs> I just say, oh, here's the buddy. <laughs> you know, you know, but you're you're actually correct. That is the right way. You know, um, it's really uh, amazing how so many people have different approaches. But I, but uh, you know, I always I studied with a lot of different people. Yeah. And I always said that studying acting is studying is like a religion. You know, it all leads to one God. It leads to God. Charles, who did you who did you study with that really made an impression on you? Well, obviously, there were three people. Very first was Michael Sherliff. Oh, Michael cool. Sherliff in the, the 70s. Way, wrote the, in my opinion, wrote the very best book on acting ever written. Called uh, Audition. Go ahead. What was it called? It's called Audition. That's Audition. But one, of the, one of the best. The, I, I go to that book all the time. I teach some of my students things from that class. It's the uh, best. And, uh, it's fantastic. Uh, he, did, he did. And of course, and Lee Strasberg. Uh, and, and uh, oh, my God, Ernie Martin, who taught at the studio, too. Right. I remember Ernie Martin. But I remember, those, I would say those three, those three where the bells re really went off in my head. Where I went, oh, 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 and I when, see. And when you're teaching, do you, you occasionally have moments of like, oh, my God, that's what they meant. Yes. Or, yeah. Yes. And I, I go back to the, my teaching, and but I remember a, a thing that um, was, I, I think it was Michael who said it to me, Michael Sherloff, who said, it really just comes down to three things, especially in auditioning, you know, is that you have to, it's relaxation, right. know your lines, and listen to the other actor. You know, really, that's it. You know, of course, we have the, uh, other things about knowing your character and all that, but in auditioning, you don't have time for that. And that, I mean, that's how I, I mean, I, my, my teaching uh, auditioning is different than teaching scene study, two different right. things to like, like you do, you know? So um, it, it's just fascinating. I find it fascinating. And I know, and uh, when would you be teaching back at one-on-one? -on -one? Do you know? Uh, Bob? Well, I, I, at this point, I, you know, we're going to be, uh on zoom easily through june i don't see it oh uh, wow okay because i don't think i can't do it jazz i can't ask somebody 
to come back and especially when you're doing camera work because it's so yeah. oh that's true that's right it's, i can't create the separation in a room right that would make it safe for everybody so right. you know ask people to pay money and sit in a mask and sit in a situation that yeah. makes them feel a little unsafe because again you know we're like we're like right. this right yes so yeah we're going to be on yeah, some absolutely right Right. I, I did want to mention that uh, I wanted to mention, but I do want to mention that Bob Krakow does when, it, when the country does come back, does teach it one-on-one. -on -one. Well, actually, uh, and we, we got to give uh, more. Chad, What's that? When, when, the, when this is done, uh, we're going to, we're going to move into our own space. Oh, you are. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. We decided over time that the time had come you know, to try to control the environment a little bit more. Uh, oh, well, I wish you much success in that. And you got to come back on the show when that happens. Oh, oh, absolutely. But you know how it is. I mean, you know, the, uh, you know, if you come off an elevator in a building where there are a lot of actors, right. I'm sure you have a hard time getting from the elevator <laughs> to your room. So, yeah. So, you know, we're, we just want to, you know, we've had several offers over the years to, you know, yes. turn, turn this into a big thing. And my feeling has always been, you know, I've looked around at people who tried to grow their business and it, it, you know, and I've talked to Larry Moss and Leslie Kahn, who are two of the finest teachers around. Right. And, you know, the problem with expanding is it, it turns into a business. And I'm just not built that way. So we, we, we actually, every time somebody says to us, hey, make it big, we immediately go, okay, how can we make it smaller? How can we make it more intimate? Right. And, and I know that's frustrating in some ways, but um, I think it's one of the reasons that our gang, a lot of our gang work together and they work together over time and they work together over years. Right. Yeah, you have a loyal, loyal following. I mean, huge loyal following. That's how. Well, that's why it's so hard to get in your class. <laughs> right, but they're but the loyalty that they really have is to each other, and and, and if you if it turns if it flips over into a business, or right. I have to run ads, or I have to hire a teacher to pay for right. this or that, my concern has always been that that community feeling that we've always had would get diluted right and I, i'd rather do that and make less money than make more money and watch it all dissipate well you know what that's a real uh uh that that is a a nice thing to say but that's because you care about the work and i've always said the work is the most important thing absolutely before anything well bob krakauer thank you so much for being on our show. We greatly appreciate it. And when you start your new studio, you've got to come back. We'll give a big shout out for that because anybody that is privileged enough to study with you, and you might not get into class, guys, right away, but you keep on trying. But okay. uh, it's, it's my hat's off to you. Chaz, can I just get in the lick before I go? Oh, sure, go ahead. You and I have had the glorious opportunity over the last several years to work with the Manhattan Film Institute. Yes. Uh, which has turned into something we never imagined. Uh, 
And it's the same idea. A lot of the Manhattan Film Institute people, it's two weeks every summer, right. <clears throat> North Fork of Long Island. You've been such a big part of it. You've been such an inspiration there. You have been so important to the, the growth of that group that you know was, was started by our friend Tony Spiridakis. Uh, and the, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's as, as you know, it's, it's 25 actors and 25 directors making 25 movies in 10 days. Right. Uh, short movies but the ability to learn from you and from joey joe pantoliano uh and from tony, tony goldwyn tony goldwyn the the incredibly talented wendy mckenna uh it's it's been it's been great and i'm saying this because i know you're you're a big name and people see you that way i, I do want people to know how much you give back and how much you mean to a lot a lot of people and a lot a lot of actors uh, oh. You do a lot of things that people aren't aware of, and you're uh, you, you're such an important part of those summers. Um, and you well, walk you. and you walk your talk. So I, I I just it was important to me that people know that. Well, I, I appreciate that, Bob, and and you too. And what you do, would you come back and you would you give to those those young uh, students? And I think that's what our job is. We'll put on this earth to serve to pay it back, to pay it forward. And I think that's important. And that's why, uh, obviously, you're, you're, you're so successful and so well-revered in the business. Bob Krakow, thank you so much for being on our show. God bless you, and we hope to talk to you again. Thanks, Chaz. Good to hear you. Good to hear you, Dante. Great to talk to you, Bob. I'll see you soon. All right. Okay. Bye. You got to see you. All Bye. Right. Bye. Bye.